All right, it is time for some announcements here at church. This week, coming up, as far as I know, we have a jam night. March 29th at 6.30 p.m. Uh, man, I just love those. We have so much fun. You can bring your instrument, bring your voice. It is a great time. Uh, I will have chord charts provided. We just play. We hang out. It's a great time. March 29th, 6.30 p.m. Also coming up is Easter weekend. We are encouraging everyone to invite everyone you know that weekend. Uh, we do all sorts of great stuff Easter weekend. April 8th, we have our next baptism to celebrate that weekend. You get dunked, so do it. Uh, that'll be April 8th, 9 a.m. at Bea Honda. You can sign up on our app to get baptized. Uh, baptism super important. Do it if you haven't been baptized yet. And join us. It's a great church thing to be a part of. Uh, and then Easter weekend, we do all of our normal services, and all four services will be exactly the same. Saturday night, 8 a.m., 9.30, and 11. 9.30 has historically been very busy, so um, one of the other services might be a little easier to park at. You're still welcome at any of the services. Join us for that weekend. Invite everybody you know. And then Easter weekend, we also do an indoor sunrise service, April 9th, 6.30 a.m. Uh, it's a fun event. We do a little easier. Uh, worship, it'll be acoustic so very, very nice uh, if you like acoustic worship it is very hard to play rock and roll songs uh, at 6.30am so uh, yeah, if you like sunrise services, we digitally project a sunrise, loads of fun, so join us that weekend, join us every weekend invite everybody you know to church it's great, and uh, yeah um, also, this weekend, this Sunday we are opening up our transition room, our three-year-old room, uh, at the 9.30 and 11 o'clock services. So that's an age group that's between the nursery and the uh, Noah's Ark age. So it, it's right there. Our, our kids' ministry is amazing. And uh, it's, it's opening back up for the first time since uh, the, the pandemic hit. So we're super excited about that. We're, like, running at full strength. So I'll uh, be praying for all of our children's church workers. They do an awesome job. And, uh, yeah. Those are all the announcements I got. Let's get ready for church. Woo! Welcome those of you joining us online. We're getting ready to go here and uh, happy to have you with us. Worship has been great, both for services that we've already done last night and this morning. And so we'll have you with us now and that's great. And we're into our series on the questions Jesus asked. Today's questions, Jesus asked his guys, have you understood all these things? It's a great question. So get ready, Matthew 13, because uh, here we go. Whoop. There it is. Good morning, everybody. <laughs> it's good to see all your faces, hear all the conversation. We're looking forward to spending time with you guys in worship and in the word. Before we begin, I'm going to tell you all what we'll be attempting to do if everything goes to plan. We're going to start things off with communion. Chaplain Doug is going to lead us through that in just a moment. After communion, we'll have our time of worship. Then Pastor Georgina will come up and lead any kids who'd like to join her through a Bible verse. We will dismiss them to their Sunday school classrooms. And then we will have our time in the word with Pastor Steve. We are in questions. Jesus asked part 12. And I'm looking forward to all of us digging in together. But before we do any of that, let's pray. Holy Spirit, would you come?
Papa, we are so thankful to be able to gather together corporately with our family, with our brothers and sisters to celebrate and worship you. We thank you for the move that you've been doing in us this week. And Papa, we thank you for what you're going to stir up in our hearts today. Help us to be good listeners and receivers of your word. Papa, continue to fill us with your spirit and with your love so that we can love one more lost kid back into your family. You're so good to us, Papa. And we join with all the churches around the world where your gospel is preached with this collect. Almighty God, look mercifully upon your people so that by your great mercy, we may be always governed and preserved both in body and soul. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Chaplain Doug. On the night he was betrayed, Jesus took bread and he broke it saying, This is my body, take and eat in remembrance of me. In the same manner he took the cup. It was the last night of the Passover celebration. The cups of plagues and sanctification had already been poured and celebrated. Jesus takes the third cup, which is the cup of redemption. He said, This is my blood poured out for you. Drink this in remembrance of me. Gathered with his friends that evening, Jesus gives us a lasting ordinance or remembrance, which we call communion, or the Lord's table, or the Lord's supper. He said, from now on, when you get together and partake of this meal, I want you to remember me. And as his friends gathered here today, we too can partake of this meal, the bread and the cup, the body and the blood of the Lord. We want to remember and give thanks. We want to remember all that Jesus has said and done and promised to do. We want to remember his willingness to go to the cross on our behalf. We want to remember how he defeated death and rose again, and we want to remember with awe and thanksgiving that he's coming back for us soon. So here on the table are the elements of communion, the bread and the cup, the body and the blood of the Lord. The table is open to all who believe. So as we worship this morning, and you feel led by the Spirit, please come, partake, remember, and give thanks. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Chaplain Doug. We're going to enter now into our time of worship together. And I'd just like to encourage us all to sing out and lift our voices as we elevate Jesus in our midst here today. We'll see the words hopefully show up on all the screens so you can sing along with those. You're welcome to sit, but stand if you're able. He inhabits the praises of his people. Your house, your place, our praise becomes your house, your place, our praise becomes your house, your place, our praise becomes your house, your place. Our praise 
Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Come on. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. so, so thankful for this time of worship in your presence. And Father, as we're here in your presence, I'd ask that you'd be with us as we prepare to study your word. Lord God, would you anoint the words that are spoken, that are taught to us? Use those words, God, to store up our hearts towards you. And Holy Spirit, I'd ask that you'd be with those who are working with our children. God, anoint them. Give them everything that they need to show all the kids your wonderful love for them, oh God. You are so good, Lord. We love you and we thank you. And it's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. And Pastor Georgina, would you please come up and teach the children a Bible verse? Good morning, boys and girls. So happy to see you. So I have a question for you. Raise your hand if you like to eat bread. Hello. Yummy, right? With butter or with peanut butter and jelly. It's really good, right? When today's story, the devil, who is God's enemy, right? He tempted, tempted Jesus by using bread. What do you think about that? Interesting, right? Yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. So are you ready to hear the story? Okay. So after Jesus was baptized, right, the Spirit of God took him into the wilderness. And while he was there, he did not eat anything. So he was very, very hungry. And then the devil came to tempt Jesus. He wanted Jesus to do wrong things. And he said to Jesus, if you are really the Son of God... You can tell these stones to turn into bread. If Jesus used his power to turn the stones into bread, he could eat, right? He wouldn't be hungry anymore. 
But, right, he knew that he couldn't, he shouldn't do that, right? He knew that he needed to trust God to provide for his needs. And in Matthew 4, 4, Jesus answered, the scripture says, no one can live only on food, right? People need every word that comes out of that God has spoken, he told them, right? And then the devil tried again. And this time he took Jesus up to a high temple, to the very top of the temple, and told Jesus, if you really are God's son, prove it, right? He said, jump off the top of the, t- of the temple and God will protect you. And the devil said, the Bible says that God, right, will send his angels to help you, right? He, they will keep you safe so that you won't even trip on any stones. And Jesus knew that the devil was using God's words the wrong way, right? And he knew that. So he said, the Bible also says, do not test God. I know. Finally, the devil took Jesus up to a high mountain where he could see all the land stretched far and wide. And there were many kingdoms in the land, right? Many kings. And the devil said to Jesus, look, right? I will give you all the money and all the power of all these great kingdoms. All you have to do is bow down and worship me. What do you think Jesus said? Very good. That's right. Jesus said, no, go away, right? The Bible says to worship God only and serve God only, right? Yeah. And then guess what happened, guys? An angel came to help Jesus and to serve Jesus. I know. And all these things, Jesus never sinned. He never did anything wrong. I wish that we never did anything wrong, right? But sometimes we do wrong things. Yeah, thank you. Jesus, right, died to save us from sin. And if we are ever tempted to do wrong, we can ask Jesus to help us. And he can help us say no to sin. Isn't that good? Thumbs up? Thumbs up? Cool. Good job. You guys are good. Awesome. That's right. All right. Are you guys ready to say the Bible verse together? Repeat after me. Okay, ready? Matthew 4, 4. Matthew 4, 4. Wow, that was really good. Okay. Jesus answered. Jesus answered. The scripture says. The scripture says. No one. No one. Can live. Can live. Only on food. Only on food. People need. Every word, Every word that God has spoken. Excellent job, boys and girls. So cool. So good. Children are getting stickers because God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. And then Pastor Georgina will pray for them and will send them off to Children's Church. All right, very good, guys. Now we're going to pray, okay? So when we pray, we are talking to the Lord and he hears us. So let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Ready? 
Father in heaven, we thank you so much for this day, Lord God, where we get to hear your word, Lord God. Help the little ones understand how important it is that the word, your words, Father, are deep in their hearts, Lord God, that they not only understand, but that they do what it says. In Jesus' name, amen. Have fun. Listen to your teachers, learn well, and obey, and try and do all those things. Claire blew you three kisses. I got three. It was funny. So I went over and said, hi, baby Claire, and she blew me a kiss. And so Alice saw that, and she's a big fan of Claire. So she went running over to get one, and Claire gave me two more and none for her. We had, uh, so we have seven grandkids, right? And uh, we had, we had uh, twins with us for, uh, I don't know, half a day on uh, Tuesday, four or five hours. It wasn't like 48 hours? Yeah, no, it was, no, it was like three or four six. hours, yeah, whatever. And so they're twins, and they're six, I think. They're six, aren't they? Five or six? Yes, six. six. And um, they, because they're twins, they, they talk loud because there's two of them, and they're, so they're always, the volume is always escalating, right? Uh, so they can be heard. And anyway, we've had them all day, and we've had fun, and we've gone swimming and all this stuff, and I'm getting ready to drive them back home. And so they're in the back seat, all seat belted in, and they're worried about having all their stuff. And Alice is outside the car. I'm in. And the volume is getting louder about stuff, right? And and they're, so it's really loud. And, and Alice looks into me. I'm sitting in the driver's seat. She goes, what did they say? And I went, la, 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 la. Because that's all I'm hearing. And she just started to laugh and walked away. So, kids, God love them. They're adorable. They are. We had a blast. Uh, Welcome to the vineyard. I didn't say that. Welcome to the vineyard. Welcome to those of you joining us online. Happy to have you with us today. If you're a first-time guest or visitor, please, that uh, code that's up there, if you point your smart device at it with the camera on, you'll get a link to our digital connect card name, phone number, email address. And uh, we will uh, send you texts and emails for four or five weeks telling you all about the church. And then you'll just drop off to the regular pace of whenever we just yeah. need to send one out for whatever. All right? Also, 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 also we have a grandson, grandson. that, uh, hey, yeah, he says also all the time, like when we're picking out toys, because that's what grandparents do. You get do. one toy. You get one toy, but and he, he picks out his toy. And then he goes, says, also. also. <laughs> so he'll look for a book or something. He's the very kids are great. Yeah. Smart. Um, also, go ahead. Every year, just for this, this would be the last week I actually talk about it. It'll go on for a few more weeks. But uh, we do a thing called our One More Offering. It's a special offering. And it started years ago because people would ask, do you have any projects that you would, you know, like us to pray about or get involved with over and above all the other stuff? And uh, so we started then putting together a video uh, and listing some projects we would love to do over the next year. Uh, and it's a five-minute video. It's on the end of that link. And it's positioned, so if you point at your thing and did it, it'll just stay there and you can watch it after church. Really, that's my big ask. Please go watch a video. It's five minutes long. talks about some things we'd like to do. If I have you praying for those projects, I call it a win. If you want to get involved financially with us, that's, that's a win as well. It'll talk about how to do that 
on there. Also, also, if you want to know the ministries that we do support, get our app and scroll down, and you'll see each of them listed, Convoy of Hope, not the least of which, but several other missionaries that we support and other foundations. So. Yeah, then we do that all the time. So um, speaking of Convoy of Hope, Bad tornadoes happened in Mississippi. I hope you've been praying for them. A lot of damage. Uh, Convoy of Hope is our, so they partner. We're partner with them for disaster stuff. They're already there. They're on the ground. They're doing a lot. They'll be there. We, uh, out of what we always send there, but we will send an extra to them uh, this coming week to help with that. If you'd like to get involved with that, you can, or you can just immediately go to Convoy of Hope. Great organization if you've been looking for a way to help those folks in Mississippi. Very practical stuff. Okay. Amen. Uh, we pray for our neighbors here on purpose every week. Uh, this is to reinforce what I ask you to do every day. Pray for your neighbors. That might be the single most important ministry that all of us will ever do. Just praying for the people right around us. And all of us can do it. It's like it's, the, it's a ministry for everyone. And, uh, and then to reinforce that, we do that corporately when we gather. So get a couple of your neighbors in your mind's eye. That's how I like to think of it. And let's go to the Lord. Papa, we, we lift up our neighbors to you. We ask God that, that uh, you would move in their lives in mighty, mighty ways and that you would draw those who don't know you into relationship with you. And God, help us to be good neighbors and to love our neighbors well. And bring renewal, revival, and breakthrough to this area that hundreds and thousands of people will come to know you as their Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Also, Easter's coming. We have these invite cards on your way out on a table. Please, they're sitting there on the table in stacks of three. Please take these and give them to people and invite them to church. This is one of two times every year where people will more likely say yes than any other time of the year. I don't want you always inviting people to church, but we, we give you these and back that up. And it talks about the, the four main services we have on Easter. We also have an indoor sunrise service at 6.30. It's not on the card, but for those of you interested, we do that. But uh, give that to them and invite them to church. They're looking. So many people want to go to church on Easter and don't know where to go. And all they need is an invite. And they'll go, oh yeah, sure, I'll come. So please, we, we would ask that you do that. These are on the table on your way out. And uh, good. There was lots of also's today. We're in a series called The Questions Jesus Asked. This is part 12. We did an intro 13 weeks in. In this series, we're looking through the Gospels and we're taking uh, and spending time with questions that Jesus asked. There's over 300. We're not going to do them all. Uh, but we're, we're doing about 20, and I'm hoping you get the idea of what it looks like to hang out with a question. I have asked you, though, to read through the Gospels during this 20 weeks, uh, four or five chapters a week. We'll get it all done. And um, look for questions for yourself that Jesus asked. Make a note of them, highlight them in your Bible, write them down. I'm going to put a link up on the website soon um, for all of them. They're, they're a great devotional tool. And you can hang out with them the rest of your lives. Uh, you can go back and look at questions, and, and it's a great way to sort of connect with God through the Word. And uh, so we've been doing that ourselves. Today, I like our question. Today, a uh, question Jesus asked uh, his guys, have you understood all these things? So we're going to have some fun uh, with that in just a moment. Let's do the bad jokes, and then you can pray and read the oh, Scripture for yay. us. Bad jokes, these are uh, vegetable jokes. There was a theme... Well, what did the lettuce say to the celery? Quit stalking me. There you go. It's against the law. What do you, what do you call an angry carrot? 
A steamed veggie. This is my favorite one. Okay. What does corn say when it gets a compliment? Oh, shucks. Shucks. Oh, oh you're not doing that I, one? Well, I, I, yeah. You can't. You want me to do it? It's really bad. That's why you want me Let to me do, do it. Let me do it. Okay. Would you can compare response. Oh. <laughs> Where was King David's temple located? Right beside his ear. It's not Jerusalem. Okay. I got a better list. You did? Okay. okay. <laughs> I don't know. Pray for I us, read know. us, and we we'll get going We survived the bad jokes. Let's move forward and press into Papa, shall we? And then we'll read. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, that you're still asking relevant questions today. May our ears hear what they are. May our hearts receive what they are. And may we respond to you in a way that gives you glory. May the meditations of our hearts and the words of our mouths be pleasing in your sight. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand with me, please? The text today is out of the Gospel of Matthew, as Steve has said, chapter 13, beginning at verse 44. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then hid And then, in his joy, went and sold all he had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had, and he bought it. Once again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was let down into the lake and caught all kinds of fish. When it was full, the fishermen pulled it up on the shore, and then they sat down and collected the good fish in baskets, but threw the bad away. This is how it will be at the end of the age. Angels will come and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them into the blazing furnace, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Have you understood all these things? Jesus asked. Yes, they replied. Blessed be the word of the Lord. Y'all can be seated. Okay. So, there's a lot of stuff we're going to try and cover today. It's going to be fun, I think. But I love this question that Jesus asks, and I love the response of his disciples. Because Jesus has been teaching throughout Matthew chapter 13 on parables. And parables are designed so that you have to think about them in order to understand them. And throughout this chapter, he's been giving them parables, and then he's explained them to him, to them, which is very helpful. And he gets to this last section of parables, and his question is, have you understood all these things? And it's a funny response. Because the answer should have been, not really. <laughs> because there's no way they just grasped that, especially that last one. They had no paradigm theologically for what he was talking about. And, and that they don't say, I don't get it, or as they have throughout this chapter, could you please explain this to us? They just go, yes. To me, just makes me, I just think, that's got to be funny. Because my, my response is that Jesus went, yeah, I bet. <laughs> but Jesus is cool and he doesn't do that, right? Okay, you'll get it. So, uh, all of these parables are about the kingdom of God. 
Uh, and in Matthew, he, he says kingdom of heaven a lot. Uh, Matthew does when he writes, because his audience didn't like the word God being used like that. So he was just kind of making an adjustment for them. But everywhere else in the Gospels, when you read kingdom of heaven or kingdom of God, remember this, I've told you, it's not talking about heaven, a, ge- a geographical place. It's talking about the rule the reign, the authority of God. It's very important that you make that shift when you read these things or it doesn't make sense. So he's talking about what that looks like. And as we've said over the last few weeks, in the questions, uh, the way that they're set up and with the parables, Jesus is often talking about the kingdom of God and what it means. And I've begun to sort of talk to you over these last few weeks once again about the fact that there's this tension that exists between the now and the not yet. That's my terminology that we've been using. That something happened at the cross, Jesus inaugurated the kingdom, but it won't be the rule and reign of God. But that won't be consummated until he comes back, the second coming. Then that'll be consummated. And what that means for us is we live at a tension between the two ages. There's a, we live in the middle of a transition. And we have to learn to embrace that or we never really experience life the way God wants us to have it, which is walking in the, the sort of radical middle of this tension between the now and the not yet, and, and allowing that to shape how we understand things. Because if you, if you don't begin to sort of look at the Bible that way, you'll, you'll, you'll not be able to interpret properly. And it, it will also impact the way that you live. You, there's, there's something about embracing the tension that will allow you to live in the mercy and grace of God in ways that you can't if you don't. And so I want to talk some more about that uh, with this all as a setup because it's a lot to sort of embrace and take in and it's a lifelong experience of plugging in to sort of see how this works and how it's working in our lives. And so we we have to take another sort of look at the now and the not yet. So as a believer, let me say that once you give your life to Christ, you, you are in some ways already in the not yet. You've already entered into the age to come, but you are still living in a very real way in this present evil age. Now, the Bible divides this time. We've done lots of things. It's, there's a heaven and earth connection that we talk about, and we live in that, that space in between, the overlap of heaven and earth. Um, the now and the not yet is a way to look at it. The Bible also calls it uh, a time between the ages. And so there's two times that are talked about in the Bible. This present age, which is characterized by evil, and the age to come, which is talking about when Jesus returns and the consummation of everything. So when you give your life to Jesus, you're already an eternal person. You're going to live, that's forever. You've, you've somehow, you're in the age to come while still in living in a present evil age. That's the tension that we have to embrace. Like I said, culturally, we don't like tension. We want it to be this, or we want it to be this. But we, the only way to deal with this tension is to embrace it and realize it's not going away. And then sort of settling in it and knowing that's where God wants us to live, is right in that spot. So, uh, there's a present evil age, Galatians 1, 1 through 5, Paul an apostle sent from men, not by a man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead and all the brothers and sisters with me to the churches in Galatia, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age, there it is, according to the will of our God and Father, to him be glory forever and ever. Amen. 
So Paul introduces us to the idea that this present age is evil, and yet somehow we're rescued from it in Christ. So let's talk a little about what's going on, so we can kind of hang with it here. Um, a lot of translations in that passage I just read you, instead of saying evil age, your Bible might say evil world. And the problem with that is the Greek word there is a-i-o-n, aeon, which is much better translated age, because the word for world is cosmos, like in John 3.16, for God's soul of the world. But uh, at the time, a lot of those translations, they thought that's what he was talking about, an evil world. When in fact, it's really talking about an age, a time period. We're in this present time where we still have a very real enemy, but we're heading to a future time where he's dealt with. And we live in a transition now between those two things. So we're dealing with an evil age. Things will begin to make sense. Second Corinthians 4, 3 and 4. Even if our gospel is veiled, that's our good news message, it is veiled to those who are perishing, the God of this age. So that's why you, you, know, you have to have attention for this. Because you go, What's, who's that? You notice it's a little g God? The God of this age. That's our enemy. That's the evil one. The, we did a whole series on the little e Elohim and where they came from. Has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ who is the image of God. The enemy, little g God, is, is, uh, he's the, he's sort of the, he's evil and his character runs through the world at this time until Jesus returns. Uh, and his main job is to, for whatever reason, is he wants to keep people from knowing who God is and that there's a way to be reconciled to him in Christ. And so he blinds their eyes. And he's, unfortunately, he's very good at it. Um, you can look at the things in our culture around us and how oftentimes, uh, just being a believer is dismissed as being childish or how can you be... Do you, I have people still routinely ask me when they find out that I'm a pastor, well, do you believe that stuff? And when I tell them yes, they're like, no, yes, I, I, you, you need to. But the culture has made it, and there's lots of reasons for that. In our next series, I'm going to actually talk about how unbelievers try and use the Bible against us because if you take things out of context, it's a big problem. Anyway, we don't. We take things in context. So, but we got to deal with this kind of stuff. There's this little G God floating around. And uh, he wants to keep people blinded to the truth. And he wants to make sure you don't let the light shine through you. That's why he still messes with you. He's lost you because you're a believer. You're, you're, you're with the big G God. But he keeps pressing in to try and keep you from having an influence in the world. And, uh, and because of the events of the fall... People will ask, well, how did this little G-God get this kind of, you know, power in the world? So remember at the fall, remember in the beginning of creation, the whole plan was God created us and he wanted to partner with us to go and make all of the planet like Eden, which was perfect. And we made a choice to go our own way. And he already had a spiritual family at that time and they, they got involved in, in helping to lead us astray. But we chose to go our own way. And at the fall, the enemy gets the authority that God had given us to go and partner with him on the planet. We, we lost it there. And that's where he got it all. That's how the power of sin and the power of death came into being, was that the choices made at the fall. Now, when Jesus came, he dealt with that at the cross. He defeated the power of sin, and then he rose again and defeated the power of death. But the enemy is still here, and the age is still evil until Jesus comes back. And so we have this tension that we live in that's very real. And we have this little G, evil God, that's still doing his thing, uh, 
around the world. As for you, and we were once a part of that, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, uh, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world, and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. Until you came to know Jesus, by default, you were in the little bad guy's camp, the little G-God's camp. That's that's the condition of the world. Until you, you can get out of it by giving your life to Jesus, that's our way out. Until then, it's a default position. Because some people go, well, I'm not, you know, I don't... I'm, it's not a. It's not like you're choosing it. It's what. It's your default position until you come to choose Jesus as your way out. So we have this present evil age at work. Good news is we. There's a perfect age that's coming, and the Bible talks about the age to come, and it's it's perfect. It's when everything is restored to the way it was, and we're looking for that time. We talk about that a lot. You know, the time when Jerusalem comes down out of heaven to earth. Earth is renewed, recreated. We get those really cool new physical resurrected bodies that never wear out. Oh, please, Jesus. And uh, <laughs> I, was, I was sitting here a few weeks ago, and, and I was sitting right here, actually, a few weeks ago, and I was like, wait a minute, nothing hurts. <laughs> and that lasted about 60 seconds. <laughs> it was like a taste of... <gasps> anyway... There's this perfect age coming, right? There's this conflict between the present evil age and the age to come. And we live in that conflict. We live in that tension. We're already people of the age to come, but we're still living here in the present evil age. And, and so let's look at a few verses, and you probably need to take some time looking at them this week. Ephesians 1.21, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion in every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And, and that age to come, as I said, will we'll witness the consummation of God's kingdom, the restoration of everything. Mark 10, 29 and 30. Truly I tell you, Jesus said, uh, Jesus replied, no one has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields or me and the gospel who will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. Homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children and fields. We, we kind of like that part. And that's really saying this. Like, no matter what you feel like you've got to step away from in order to get into the kingdom of God, nothing compares to this life. Nothing. Even in the present, right? Because of the promises of the future. And we like that, and we read, oh, and we often will skip this part. Along with persecutions, I hear very people, people going, woo! And in the age to come, eternal life. That's our gift now, because that part has broken into the now. And these things happen, we know scripturally, uh, when Jesus returns. Here's a verse about that. The, the age is completely trans- changed, transition when Jesus comes. Uh, as Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him. Tell us, they said, when will this happen? What will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? So they want to know when, but that's what we're waiting for. We're waiting for the return of Jesus, which will signify the end of this present evil age and launch us completely into the new one. But the new age is already uh, the new present age. The age to come, I want to use my terminology correctly so people don't hear things in there that aren't good. The age to come, the one that we're waiting for, has already been inaugurated at the cross, but it's not yet consummated. So we're waiting for something to happen, which seems like, okay, well, that's good for them, but what about right now? Because at first I started with that passage said that we've been rescued from this present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father. So how, how, what does that look like? How have we been rescued? Well, the, the picture that you need to know is that in the age to come, 
when everything is restored and set right, what's happened is Jesus has come as an advance of that into this present evil age where he defeated death and he defeated sin and he's inaugurated everything that's going to happen and now it's in the process of happening. And we're living in the middle of that process. It started, but it's not yet completed, but he has rescued us from the clutches of the enemy because now you can be reconciled to God by asking Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of your life. He's, he's come and He's done what needed to happen for that to take place. That's what He did the first time He returned. And so this is a big deal. And so what it means is, is that because of what He's done, we get a taste of what's coming. And that's significant. And that's important. We don't get everything because we live in tension. But we get a taste. This is what the writer of Hebrews says. We have tasted the goodness of the Word of God and the powers of the coming age. We've tasted it. And a, a taste is good. It's not the whole banquet. It's not as good as it's going to be, but it's good. Okay, I, I use this illustration. I, I've used it before, but when I was a kid, I remember, well, my parents used to entertain. And uh, for, they would, my, my mom would make food and hors d'oeuvres at this time that were n- never seen at other times. And they would smell so good. And they were, they were delicious and amazing. But as the kids, we weren't invited into the banquet. You know, here's a can of SpaghettiOs. Shh, go eat. And nothing wrong with a can of SpaghettiOs at the right moment, right? But those things that they had. And so my, I had a good mom. She, she would give us a taste. Well, you can have a taste of this. And, you know, pigs in a blanket and anything wrapped in bacon, right? It's like, ooh. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Ooh, it's got bacon. I want it. I want it now. Swedish meatballs. <gasps> so anyway, but we couldn't go get all we wanted, but we had a taste, and it was good. The taste was good. It made, me, it made me long for all of that other stuff, all right? Well, that's kind of a picture. There's this tension that we call the now and the not yet, and I've been calling it that for years and years, but we have to re-embrace it every now and again to remember that's what we're, we're living in. Because if we don't sort of begin to get this, you will miss out on a lot of things that are happening because we all have a tendency in our culture to live at extremes. We don't like tension. We, we, it's either this or it's this. That's how we are culturally now. That's our mindset. And it's very hard for us to deal with, no, it's both. People don't like both and. They want either or. That's how we do it. It's either this or it's not. You know, sometimes it's both and. And that's okay. That's a, that's a, a grabbing a hold of the tension. But even with the Bible, they kind of, they want to go with either or. And I'm telling you, it's a, it's a tension book designed that way. Um, written to people a couple of thousand years ago who more easily embraced a tension mindset. But our worldview has moved away from that. So we have to get ourselves into their mindset and perspective in order to embrace and understand it. But once you do, then the scripture begins to open up and really sort of give you life. So, so, cause the Bible's a tension book. Like, like, is the Bible the Word of God or was it written by people? Yes. <laughs> Both. It's absolutely the inspired Word of God. It's completely trustworthy. It's the Word that God wants us to have for today. I totally believe that. But He used people to write it. And I said this last week. Inspiration doesn't mean He knocked them out and they wrote stuff while they were knocked out and then they woke up and went, did I write that? It was, it, they were, he used their personalities. He partnered with them. Think about it. God partners with people to accomplish everything. Read the scripture. 
All the time. Everything he does. And this was one of those things. Is it God's word? Yes. Was it written by people? Yes. That's a tension. Sometimes people don't like it. Well, it's either one or the other. No, it's both. Um, how about this one? Was Jesus fully God or was Jesus fully man? Yes. <laughs> what? He was. He was both, fully God and fully man. When people, no, and, and struggles throughout history with that. Uh, how about this? So is it God who builds his church? Yes. But guess who he uses to do it? People. It's how he does it. So you go, well, people build the church. Well, no, God is using you to build the church. It's both. It's not either or. And, and this is throughout the scripture. And because of the tensions and the ages, we can often get confused because sometimes we want to go to the now side of this where, um, you know, everything is, is happening now and if it's not, we're missing something. Or it's the not yet side of it where, where, well, then nothing happens. And that's not what's going on either. We have to wait for everything. No, no, no. It's a tension. And God in his faithfulness breaks in to the now all the time with the powers of the not yet. Because God loves his children and he wants you to have a testimony of the fact that God moves in your life and that he's real. And so he pops in and he still does miracles and he still does healings and he still touches people's hearts and he changes them. Holy Spirit lives in us so that we can go and do all these things. He's all those things now because he's with you and for you. But you you can't always, well, it's everything now. No, you get a taste of it. You get parts of it. You get enough of it. And it keeps you longing for the more that's coming. That's the tension that we have to live in and embrace. But when you get that, then you can hang with the scripture. It's, oh, it's a tension. It's all intention. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. This is what's here and this is what's coming. And now we need to have faith to have what's coming break into now. That's what we're doing. That's what our faith does. God, God, you are going to do this anyway. Would you do it now? And then I trust you. You, you will or you won't. But I'm, I'm asking and you're good. So let's go. And he does, and he doesn't, and he does, and he doesn't. And I don't understand it all, but it's okay, because it's tension. And so we embrace it. You, the, the only way to deal with this tension is to go, there's tension. <laughs> and, and you want desperately, most of us, to get rid of the tension, and you can't. Embrace it. Okay, there's a tension. There's a now, there's a not yet. It's all good. I'm, in, I'm, I'm blessed to be in it, in the, in the midst of all of it. And so that's really important in the way that we approach the scripture and in everything that's going on, you embrace that tension knowing though that he's going to work everything out. It's coming. The age to come is on the way. Messiah is on the move. Aslan is on the move. It's coming and it's happening. I love this verse in Philippians. It's right here. Philippians 1, 6. There we go. Being confident of this that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. That's one you can hang your hat on. That's going to happen. He's going to do it. This current evil, present evil age, really hallmarked by fear and greed, the age to come, the hallmarks of that are love and life. And I said this last week, because that's coming and here in part that's how we choose to live now we decide to be love and life people and not fear and greed people and that makes a huge huge difference so let me ask you this have you understood all these things (laughs) I hope I just put enough on your plate that you feel a little bit like the disciples and you're like no 
Can you go back to point one? I can. We'll do that at 11 o'clock. <laughs> or you can watch it online. Dig into this stuff. Knowing, getting, grasping this changes everything for you, I promise. It makes all of this, it lets you be grace and mercy people in a world that definite, desperately needs it. Ministry team, those here, you head over the wall. People on the way are here to pray for you. Let me say this. Look, we say this every time we meet, but I want to make sure you hear me. There are people that come here and maybe have come here for a long time and have been going to church for a long time, but you've never made this connection with Jesus for yourself. And you sort of live in the corporate nature of it. But you, you need to be at a place where at some point you know that you have asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. That you sort of get all these things that he's done and he's done them for you. And then you go, oh, I need to be rescued from this present evil age. And the way that that happens is you say, yes, Jesus, will you be my Lord and my Savior? And if you've never done it, now is the absolute perfect time for you. Here in the room, watching online, just that Jesus, will you be my Lord and my Savior? And, and my hope and prayer is that everyone here has done that or is doing it right now. Jesus, will you be my Lord, my Savior? Changes everything. Amen. And the ministry team's over there to pray for you, should, should you so choose. But I feel like the Lord is asking us a question today, and some of you specifically, and maybe online, and his question is, will you bear my name? Will you bear my name? And all you have to do is say that prayer with one of our team or anybody here. And before, at the 8 o'clock service, Pastor Angie had a, a lovely vision and, and prophetic word that I'd like her to share again. So what I saw was oil from heaven dropping on vocal cords and and pouring out in the room and on the strings of the instruments and splashing onto all of us and splashing off the drums onto all of us. And in this service, I saw the Lord right in the middle of this aisle spinning and dancing as we were singing, holy, 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 and oil was coming off of him, splashing around. There's a There's a scripture in the Bible that says oil drips from his fingertips. There's also a scripture in the Bible that says he sings and dances over us. So I said to the Lord, what is this? He said, today I'm pouring oil out, heavenly oil. Some need it for healing, some for refreshing, some for moisturizing in a dry place. Receive the oil today. And then Steve jokingly said, but it hit my spirit in the eight o'clock Maybe you just need an oil change. Good stuff. And just real quick, there was a, when you said that last scripture, there's an old song that came to my mind. I want to sing it over you guys, okay? He who began a good work in you. He who began a good work in you. We'll be faithful to complete it. We'll be faithful to complete it. He who started the work will be faithful to complete it in you. Awesome. Thank you, Thank Billy. Thank you, Pastor Billy. So, and uh, we thought about that oil change last week. Also, maybe you're just a court low. <laughs> Get some prayer. Check, check your dipstick real quick. I'm a court law. 
<laughs> okay. Oh, my goodness. Thank Let's you for being generous. We love you guys. We love partnering with you. Uh, so many cool things happen because you are. You're an extremely generous group. And uh, there's ways to partner with us there. Uh, let's sing the doxology and we'll dismiss. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him all creatures here below. Praise Him above the heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. May the Lord bless and keep you. May His face shine upon you. May He be gracious to you and give you peace. Go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. We'll see you soon. We'll get these doors open for you. Head out this way. Don't forget to pick up your Easter invites and give them away. Invite people to church. Be kind to one another in the parking lot.